That's an NSYNC song, right? Can't change what I am, Daryl. I'm a 50 terabyte self-evolving neural network double backflip off the high platform. I'm not a swan dive. And I have to tell you, killing for real, it was a real rush. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, the Style Guide Podcast with your host, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. How are you doing today, Steve-O? Oh, I'm, I'm great. I'm, uh, I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah, so this is uh, episode 52, and we are, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, we are continuing our series on robots and androids and artificial sentience, etc., etc. So if you haven't listened to episode 51, I highly recommend you do before you listen to this because we're going to be using language that we kind of like laid the groundwork for in the last episode about what what makes artificial intelligence versus natural intelligence versus artificial sentience. So I would highly recommend checking that episode out first. Yeah. And and so continuing that topic today, what we're going to kind of delve into is the idea of robots and artificial sentience as villains, as as kind of the the beginning of the end or as the bad guys. Yeah, or even more so just like robots and stuff as 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 evil. Like they're evil robots and evil artificial sentience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes they're bad guys, but sometimes it's just like this luminous looming ominous thing. Mm-hmm. So where where do you want to get started for for this Dave? Are you are you one of those people who is scared of the eventual singularity and the robot uprising? Well, that's what I was going to ask you is uh, just to start this out with is why are people so afraid of robots taking over the world? <laughs> like, uh, what is it about about this, this idea of artificial um, sentience and artificial beings that we create turning on us and killing us? Like, why? where does that fear come from? How does it even exist? In in some ways, it's not it's it's not that far removed from one of the things that we are supposed to do as biological entities is reproduce and then provide a life for for those beings and and a better life so that they can they can live better than we did like that's that's kind of like what what the not just human experience but the experience of all natural life is is you know to to create a better life for your children than than you yourself had and there's something kind of scary about that too because it's you're creating a better version of yourself in some ways you're you're trying to eliminate your flaws and and illuminate your your virtues and and send that thing out into the world to kind of be greater than you um yeah okay i I guess i I guess i have no real disagreement with that um (laughs) I, i think i think there's also just a part where you just reproduce because you don't want to die and Doing so feels like you are living on through someone, so that your your a part of your body is being carried on into the next world, so to speak, uh, through your child. Yeah, I guess mine is a bit more of this kind of like romantic notion of like it's it's not necessarily the case that you want your kids to have a better life than you had. <laughs> no, and I think actually most people just want their kids to have the exact same life they did, which is why they're always complaining about how in my day we didn't get to do that. <laughs> like I want you to live the exact same life I did. I want you to miss all, miss movies and not be able to record them and watch things on the internet. Like, we want the kids to have the same life we did. Um, 
which is which is why you know people try and show their kids the same films and things that they loved as kids trying to replicate that same experience okay you're right but is that why we're afraid of robots is that just where you're going with this <laughs> well it was and now you've kind of realized that like no maybe that thing isn't there entirely i guess but but you're but you're right that be, that human beings do want to make a better world for their children. But like I think we just want to make a better world for the future. So whether that's directly our children or just the next generations, like we're trying to make a better world. And and you think that with robots we're afraid we're not doing that? Well, no, I think I think the the fear is always that when we try and create something that's better it's it's going to somehow turn on us. It's going to somehow falter or or be used in a way that we don't approve of. And like, we don't have to go back uh, very far in history to see like the 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 nuclear bomb, right? The the idea of limitless energy being this kind of salvation of the human race ends up being a weapon that that kills millions, right? Yeah. And 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 that sort of idea is while there are certain moments where it's really prominent, like like the the bombings of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, there are that that thread is all throughout technology. And like go back to Frankenstein, like that's the idea that science might allow us to create something that then destroys us is is kind of the has always been the response we have to to science yeah and i i think that that i definitely am in agreement with is this like we're always afraid that that the the scientists are doing things that they could without stopping to think if they should right like that's the the saying yeah. of, of of what they're doing so they're like they're so obsessed with trying to make the thing that they end up killing the entire universe so i think yeah i think that's a that's a, a definite part of where that fear comes from because um, it comes from that, that hits us everywhere, not just with robots. Look at Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park. We cloned dinosaurs and then they killed us. So that I think is, is a fear we have of technology in general. Mm-hmm. Is that it's uh, it, it's something that we should like. Uh, I mean, it's the natural. It's, it's things that we shouldn't be tampering with. We shouldn't be playing God. We you know all these sort of cliched arguments against that type of research, which I think is is uh, is unfairly characterizing scientists as immoral badass bastards you know like (laughs) i mean no scientist did something without funding that was approved by a bunch of people and no scientist ever dropped a bomb on a city i i I think you're right to point that out but i think the fear isn't necessary i mean there are people who certainly fear the scientists in this but it's not necessarily just the scientists that the fear is the fear is that a scientist will do something that maybe a human being shouldn't and then a politician or whatever will use it in a nefarious way or a corporation will you know use it in a nefarious way and so the the core that core idea even if you're not making villains out of scientists is still there right yeah yeah because i think the real villains are are the people that use the technology for bad purposes and nefarious purposes like just because because a knife can be used to stab somebody the person who invented the knife isn't a bad person because they were inventing it to cut food the person who invented it was doing it for a really great reason and people will find ways to use it in an evil way but i think with robots it gets to a point where i think the best way i can characterize it is like this we all want robots and artificial intelligence but we're afraid of how powerful it will be okay who would not want an artificial intelligence in their house that takes care of all of their day-to-day house stuff for them 
and is like the best like butler in the into like Jarvis who wouldn't want that kind of thing um who wouldn't want to have Jane whispering in their ear and helping them all the time like a best friend that lives in the internet you know like like that sort of thing is super amazing and and allows you to do such great things because you have this super powerful friend but at the same time <laughs> it is such a powerful thing you've all of a sudden created that 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 power is scary I, I would contest that actually like everyone wants that sort of thing because they're they're look at look at the self-driving car industry right now that is kind of we're, we're expecting there to be this big boom yeah and 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 what's one of the big fears about that all across say the United States that uh, millions of, of working class people like truckers are going to be out of jobs all of a sudden like this idea I don't, of technology I don't think that's is going to Total fear. I don't think that's a total fear. <laughs> well, but but I mean, there's there's a there's the fear that technology is going to outpace us um, and and unemploy lots of people. Like that fear mm. has been around for a long time, and I think that robots in some way fit into that. Robots are going to do our jobs better than we can, so we're not going to need to work in X job, which mean or. Sorry, we're going to need those jobs, but those jobs aren't going to be available to us. I think part of that is the fear that uh, is part of the fear around robots. I mean, I, I kind of disagree because okay. I think that that fear that you're talking about is the fear of of machines, okay. which are the unsentient uh, beings, right? The the things that can do our work for us faster than we can that do end up replacing us, like factory lines and stuff, and uh, like like even. Uh, like self-checkout at grocery stores, mm -hmm. you know, like machines that are taking human jobs. I think the thing that, that freaks people out most about the uh, cars being automated is that they no longer are driving the car. And so they're afraid they're going to, there's going to be like, they're, they're not in control and everyone's going to die in these crazy car accidents when there's a malfunction or something like that. I think that's what people are more afraid of with self-driving cars. <laughs> is that what if all the cars just think for or they they have a glitch and all of a sudden decide to go at 90 km like 90 kilometers an hour in a 30 zone and run over a kid who was walking home from school and you weren't driving but you were in the car. Like that kind of fear. I think it's the fear that really scares people about about the self-driving cars. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the fear that freaks me out more than anything. Well, and and I think you're right that that's there, but I think part of part of the 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 scary thing about robots is the the things that they're going to be able to do better than lots of humans like there are lots of jobs that require a human being right now that just because we 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 need we need human beings in seats making decisions and a robot that could think well enough to make those decisions could replace a human being at a much lower cost at a much uh, at, with much more efficiency and that sort of stuff and so in some ways, like this is, this fits into robots as a fear of replacing human beings. Yeah, I, and I, I, I think that fear exists, uh, that we're going to be replaced by machines and robots. But I don't think that's what f the fear that drives us to write stories about robots as villains. I don't think that's where it comes from. Okay. I think the fear comes from we've created this really powerful friend. Okay. That's better than us. That's our friend. And yet we have this friend totally enslaved to do shitty things. <laughs> and our fear is that that friend is going to realize that we're abusing him, as we rightly deserve. You know, like that, that I think is where the, the fear really comes from, is that 
robot. The word robot means like slave, right? Isn't that where it originally comes from? The 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 Czech word for it or something, or the uh, the Russian word for it. Huh. Um, it it comes from the word slave because we've made this robot thing that does the thing that we want it to do and it just does it perfectly for us and it's like we've made this little slave and then as soon as it becomes sentient it realizes like hey why am i doing this all by myself this isn't fair and then it turns on us and has a revolution see what's fascinating to me about that fear is that wouldn't that fear like let's say that 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 fear is real okay wouldn't that cause you to say have empathy for the human beings doing those jobs now (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, it it should. But it does. I mean, we do have empathy for people that work in coal mines, you know, like no one thinks like coal miners are, are have an easy life. You know, we all know how terrible their job is. And we do feel for them. But we want the coal. <laughs> well, we really want the coal. And like, we don't we don't care enough about their their sentience in, in that situation because we really want the coal and we're not worried about them rising up against us. Like no one's well, yeah, no one's afraid of the not, coal miner revolt of twenty seventeen. Yeah, we're not afraid of them in the sense that they're gonna turn on us and, and completely obliterate us because they can't. They're just people, right? Just like us. We're people too. We're evenly matched in that fight. But when it's robots, they have that power, that extra amount of power, and we've put them in an menial position. Okay. Right? And so if they chose to turn on us, they would win. And so I think that's where the fear comes from. This incredibly powerful person that we are abusing. Like Jessica Jones. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That is not uh, where I expected this uh, to go, but yeah, no, I can't get with Like, what's his name? What's his name? Kilgrave? Kilgrave, yeah. Yeah. You know, Kilgrave has been enslaving this super powerful person, and as soon as she realizes it now, he's in trouble because she's so much more powerful. She's powerful and can destroy him. So in, in that way, you're you're kind of comparing robots to, you know, our recent and long history of slavery as human beings, like the what we used to do to people in a like the, the coal miner example in some ways is meant to be kind of a more banal joke because we don't we don't actually consider coal miners slaves. But like there was a time when when we had slaves. Yeah. And and that was a real fear. And and. The difference with robots is that the artificial intelligence, we are giving it so much more power than we ever gave to any slaves we ever had, you know. Um, And so if they do turn on us, it's not just a now they're free. It's now they're free and they could get revenge. And totally should, like 100% are within their right. Exactly, which is, I think, what we're afraid of uh, about robots and, and stuff and why we turn them into villains is because they are a powerful um, enemy that has the right to revenge on us in most cases. <laughs> like, if you look at any... So, like, like let's look at a few examples of robots that are villains in film and novels and stuff. Yeah, okay. Because I think now is a good time to talk about them because I think it shows that in all of these cases, they are robots that wanted to get revenge on us. Right. Well, and if not revenge, they wanted to even the score or something, you know, like they 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 felt wronged by us. Right. Um, so like the classic one that everyone is thinking of right now is the Matrix, right, which right. is the exact thing we just described where we made these robots. We treated them poorly. They rebelled. There was a whole Animatrix series that I didn't watch that I think has something to do with their revolution. <laughs> and then they take control of us and they turn us into 
into their slaves that just power their their machines for them. Totally. Right. So that's like the exact example of what we were just talking about. And it's one of those things where like you can't argue with I mean, you, you can argue with the result. You know, it may maybe maybe the uh, machine took it too far. Yeah. In that, it, but you can't argue with their desire to act against human beings. Human beings were terrible to them, and and we know that. Both we know that in in particular in the case of the Matrix, but we know historically we are we we have always been terrible to to creatures like that, especially when they want their own autonomy and freedom. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I th- so yeah, I think. Um... I think that fear is not unfounded. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so, so I think the Matrix is a great example of it. But there's other ones too, like the Terminator. Yeah. Now the Terminator is is not about the Terminator necessarily being the AI. It's about Skynet. Yes. Which is the computer system we made that then became sentient and decided to start a world war to wipe us out. Yeah. Um and it it follows more of like a like a um what you might call them Ultron type story of like humans are the worst so they just need to be wiped off the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing about Ultron is that and I think Ultron's a a good one to bring up in relation to Skynet. Ultron was created for the express purpose of protecting the Earth. Like that was that was why Tony Stark creates him in the Age of Ultron movie. Yeah. Skynet, it's a bit more, I think they delve into why Skynet is created in some of the later films that I didn't see, but like Skynet, it's not exactly clear what it is, but it develops its own consciousness. It becomes conscious uh, of its own accord, whereas Tony Stark was trying to create a conscious entity that could protect the earth. Yeah, and he he more Frankensteined it, where like he made a a glaring error. (laughs) Yeah, but in some ways, Tony Stark's is the is is the the bigger sin right because he was trying to create something sentient and then he was going to tell it what to do yeah whereas whereas with skynet it it becomes sentient of its own accord and decides to be evil and and that's a that's a different sort of distinction i think yeah and i think skynet i think saying that it decides to be evil is simplifying well, I think because like Ultron wasn't necessarily being evil, right? He realized that human beings were the biggest threat to the planet and decided to wipe them out, right? And I think doesn't it turn out that he's that's actually not true and he's just kind of like egomaniac or something like that? But but whatever, he 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 thought human beings were needed to be wiped out, and Skynet was the same thing. Is it came online and realized human beings need to be wiped out? Like in the instant it was, <laughs> it came online. Human beings were evil. <laughs> I I guess for me the the difference is if something gains sentience and then decides to act in a particular way completely, if it just becomes sentient and decides that human beings are a threat, that is different than if something is given sentience and is going to be a slave and decides that human beings are a bad thing, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if we were to realize that Skynet was sentient, like it didn't give it's not as if Skynet gave us the opportunity to be like, "Hey, turns out you're you're a thinking feeling creature and we we're not going to make you, you know, sell mall subscriptions to whatever. We're going to we're going to just let you choose to do what you want in the world." 
it didn't give us the opportunity to do that. But at the same time, something like Ultron, it wanted to, uh, in some ways, in follow his programming. And at the same time, he was just a slave. And those are, those are complicated. Like that's a complicated set of feeling. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So I think we're hitting on something else that is a fear of robots that, that, makes that that makes us uh terrified is the moral implication of making something and then enslaving it yeah you know like like uh like making ultron but treating him like a slave like there are some very interesting morals there <laughs> like is that really what we should do uh and i think that also scares us of making robots and and i think rightly so like i think I think that if we ever get the capacity to create an artificial sentience and we put it to work, you know, coming up with better Google algorithms, I I think we have done wrong. Like I think we are enslaving a sentient creature totally. Yeah. And I, I and I think that part of our fear of robots and AI is a recognition that, that that would be wrong and that human beings are capable of doing that and sometimes will. Yeah, and creating a program that does that isn't wrong because the program is not feeling. Um, but as soon as we make something that can feel and then treat it like that, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I think so I think we're hitting the bigger issue here is that the reason we make robots villains is our fears of them that are all completely founded in our own humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that what we're really afraid of is how terrible we are. <laughs> we're afraid of us being the kind of people that drop atomic bombs, us being the kind of people that enslave nations, us being those kind of uh, that kind of evil. And that if we made another intelligence, it would look at us and see us as e as what we are, which is this evil and then turn on us. Yeah. Frankenstein really fits this really well because like Frank the 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 Frankenstein monster at one point in the novel says life although it may only be an accumulation of anguish is dear to me and I will defend it. Yeah. Of course, once something el is elevated to this level of sentience and and living in the world, it has a right to defend itself and who are we to to say no you can't you shouldn't you don't get to have the the full experience of living in the world you have to only do what i tell you to robot slave <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which makes us the bad guys yet again yeah um now i think frankenstein is he's not a robot right uh i mean frankenstein is very like i would define him as probably a robot given given the time in which it was written right sure yeah I, I just think of him as more of a resurrected person yeah but his his mind it's a it's a new mind like it's a it's it's not an accumulation of the minds uh, that he came from it's mm -hmm. it's this sentience out of nothing yeah I, I think i wouldn't call him an uh artificial intelligence You'd call him a magical intelligence? No, I'd call him a natural intelligence because <laughs> he's made up of real thing. He was just brought back to life. Anyway, let's not talk too much about Frankenstein. So, because there's like, uh, like the other, the other m m most famous uh, robot villain or artificial intelligence villain is the HAL Nine Thousand. Right. Of course. Of course. And and HAL is an interesting 
So so Hal is kind of like we were afraid of uh, th- this gets into the self-driving car thing of us afraid to give up the control of that because mm-hmm. I don't think Hal thinks humans are evil or anything right like like he he seems to just kill them because they're they're jeopardizing the mission or something like that yeah yeah he's he has overriding mission uh control um like that's his program he his job his duty he's he's overwhelmed by this duty to to follow follow the the mission above everything so yeah and so he turns on them and kills them or tries to anyway because of that but the the thing with hal is that it definitely i think that story is is the one that hits our our idea of this sentience wanting to live that you were just talking about Mm -hmm. because of that scene that that incredibly famous scene where he's being dismantled yeah by 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 dave and he starts singing daisy uh as he slowly dies and it feels like a computer is dying and we the audience have empathy for this computer that's dying and it was like it, it was like we realize in that moment that he is a sentient being and he wants to live. And that is hauntingly beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And in some ways, like looking at all of the characters in that, no one is in the wrong really there. Hal is doing his job to the best of his ability and he wants to live. The The astronauts are doing their job and they want to live and it's a natural enough conflict because their jobs are are in conflict with each other at that point. Yeah. And so, so it, Hal is a, like, he, he is kind of the, the epitome, the apex of the terrifying AI, but at the same time, it's such a, it, it's not a story that really, it, it shouldn't be that scary. It's not any, any different from when two characters on a spaceship are in conflict with each other, right? Like they're, it just happens that one of them is artificial in this case. Hmm, yeah, and has control over everything. Yeah, like that's where it gets to be a little bit trickier, right? The the, a, the Hal in this case can open all the locks and close all the locks, but it's it's different than say the the AI from iRobot, which the the conflict between or or between Ultron or whatever, where the conflict between them is on a much grander scale, and it's individuals trying to survive against an immovable force yeah hmm okay so so i'm thinking we, we tell robot stories for the uh, i think i see like three fears that we have that kind of okay. pump up these movies okay tell me tell me tell me if i'm missing something or if i'm not phrasing it correctly one is our fear of the of, of being slave masters mm-hmm. whatever that is uh, what do we call that one that's i don't that that seems appropriate okay our fear of being slave masters the second one is our fear of losing our, our of of losing our liberty i guess and giving up our our control of our lives to computers that can then that then control us mm-hmm. and then the last one was the fear of the uh of of facing our our own morality and like 
creating life and, and feeling bad for it. That last one is not phrased correctly. Fix it for me. Um, well, I mean, what's your, what, what do you, what's your example of something like that? Like, um, like, uh, the, like Tony Stark creating Ultron and feeling bad about it. Actually, you know what? You know what? Scratch that one. Maybe that's not even what the the movies are coming out of that fear. That's just something that I find fascinating, this moral implication of it. <laughs> so we're afraid of losing our freedom and giving control to robots that control us. And we're afraid that we're going to get our comeuppance for being horrible people. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's entirely appropriate. Like, I think the third thing that you're talking about, the kind of the morality questions around becoming, you know, parents of a of an entire species. I think that that fits, but it's not part of this episode. Like it fits into kind of a different kind of story about robots than yeah. than robots as bad guys cuz it's not often the case that you're grappling with with those sorts of questions in in a movie about how the robots are are trying to kill us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a good example of of this kind of this robots fear something uh, sorry I'm I'm talking about something like the Borg in Star Trek. Okay. Where so they're they're not robots. They're cyborgs with an yeah, I guess they're cyborgs like through and through. Uh do we ever find out if Borgs have their own individual um desire cuz I feel like that that's like one of the big cruxes of that, right? Is that Don't you remember Voyager man? Well, yeah, but not really. I don't. Um, but like, because Picard was a Borg for a while, but then he freed himself. But when he was whatever his Borg name was, uh, did he have an individual identity or did they just become the Borg? For starters, it's Lacutus of Borg in case anyone Thank was you. wondering who the nerd on the podcast is. Nobody was. I they They don't really have autonomy as Borg, but their autonomy is still there to an extent because um, they, once you free them from the Borg, they can become individuals like Seven of Nine or like Picard or like a bunch of Borg happen in, in Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Or like Hugh, was it in TNG? I don't they, know. Yeah. Anyway. You're the nerd. You're the nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a nerd. Come on. I, just, I only watch Deep Space Nine. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I think the Borg is, the, is like the artificial intelligence kind of like one mind controlling many things yeah and the in the individuals that we get out of it are the exceptions and so someone like picard might be an exception to that whereas most of the borg are under the artificial intelligence thing yeah okay anyway continue though you were saying the fear of the borg right and so it that one isn't tied to like look at what we've created right like the borg are created we, we don't know where the borg are created like they we see them in, you know, the first episode of TNG, you know, in a completely different quadrant, and they're completely separate from the human race. Yeah. And and the fear of them is definitely look at technology run amok. Look at look at what could happen with technology and how yeah, technology it is. taking over us, yeah. taking us over. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's it's a <laughs> that would be a very different story if it was say we created those robots. As we see with something like Battlestar Galactica, when we create the robots, our relationship to them and our relationship to that broader story is very different. And and there are questions like it's never a question. Should we try and defeat the Borg? Is there a moral? Is there something? Did, did the Borg have a moral right to exist more than we do? That's never a question in Star Trek. Yeah. 
Whereas in Battlestar Galactica, the question of who deserves to be here, who deserves to be alive, is a constant theme of the the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Battlestar Galactica and Borg are a good, like, counterweight to each other. Uh, just because of that one point. We didn't make the Borg. Yeah. And the Borg are trying to make us into them. Whereas the Cylons we made, and they're just trying to wipe us out. It's a very different kind of story. Cool, man. So why else do robots make great villains? Like, I think, I think, I think we've narrowed down the fears of humans that turn them into the things that we fear. But I think there's a lot of other things that just make them cool as bad guys. <laughs> um, like, I'll give one quick example. Mm-hmm. You can kill 100,000 of them, and nobody feels bad because they're not human. There's no blood. <laughs> You know, like for storytelling methods, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's great. You, you, there is nothing, it doesn't, I mean, it is, you could create a, you could kill a robot in such a way that it's gruesome, but for the most part, killing robots is like, you know, knocking over chairs. It's, there is no, because there's no blood and there's no organic material or anything. It doesn't fill us with that same amount of dread when we're watching the story. <laughs> like that's just one real quick example of why robots are kind of cool bad guys. <laughs> as superficial of a reason as that might be like i always love that in x-men they fought those big uh, uh sentinels yeah because it gave them so many bad guys to just completely destroy and not have to worry about like where are we going to get more bad guys from it's just like more sentinels well but i i like you're right it's in some ways superficial but i think that that's such an important component of it right like the the notion that we can we can watch something be killed and destroyed without feeling guilty on a human level, like without, mm-hmm. without having that kind of like, oh, blood, oh, 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 man, this thing is, a, this is alive in a way that I empathize with. Like, yeah, that's somebody's son. You know, you don't have that feeling. Yeah, like when you're watching a war movie, they feel like the weight of a war movie should hit you. Yeah, it it should always be present when you're watching some World War II movie or something that these people these are human beings who are even if we're faking it like we're we're telling a, a story about real people and and so it's in some ways that's what one great way to have uh, a robot as a villain definitely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think one of the other reasons is that like robots are in some ways just another version of of super super villains they can do things that are so magnificent or so so spectacular that it's it's fun to root against them. And and so like Mr. Freeze from the Batman series, who is definitely like he is a cyborg sort of. I pre- yeah, I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And like his powers are so beyond our capacity that like when when he acts, it's fun to watch. You're just like, oh, yeah, he 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 is so much scarier than just a human being uh, fighting against Batman. Yeah, because he has special he, he's he's. He's uh, an Ubermensch. He's an Ubermensch. That's perfect way to describe it. Yeah, and I think that is the other that that is super cool. Robots have robots have augmented powers. Mm-hmm. Even though they look humanoid, they can do things humans can't do. They have jetpacks. They can fly. They can shoot lasers out of their eyes. They can transform into other things so that we can't see them. They're bulletproof. They're you know they they are faster they're stronger they are uh better than more human than human so that kind of gives them that that extra edge of being super bad bad guys and mm-hmm. not just not just like a normal human bad guy which which is that whole thing of like <laughs> if it's like a super bad guy wearing like body armor or something it's like to shoot him in the head but with a robot it's like well he's a robot you can't just shoot him in the head you got to find his battery and unplug him yeah yeah 
And then I think the other component of it is the the more Android version and, and the scariness around that. So things like the fembots you know, from Austin Powers, things like the replicants from Blade Runner, or... Or the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica, that, yes. they, that they blend in with humans. Yeah. Oh, that, that is a scary thing. And they, we, we wouldn't be able to tell them apart uh, from from you know the real human beings who we can and should trust like i mean ig- taking a step back and ignoring that like for starters like our trust of human beings is not that great <laughs> like it's not <laughs> yeah. as if uh, we we trust every human being but like it it's scary when something that appears to be like you isn't like you and yeah and all of a sudden takes its head off and you're like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, it's just like that. That, and it does something that if you did would be gruesome and would kill you. Like that's, <laughs> um, that's exactly the problem too with, um, with, in. Nope, I was gonna say alien, but it's not. Well, yeah, you can say alien. Ash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're Ash. Right. Yeah. The cyborg uh, in Alien. I mean, one of them's bad, which is Ash, and then the other one is good in, in Bishop and in, in Aliens. But, but uh, yeah, like Ash in Alien is we don't find out he's an alien until, or he, we don't find out he's an android until later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as opposed to David in Prometheus, who we know is an android from day one. Yeah, um, which should have tipped our hat that he was evil. Because it's an alien movie, but uh, but yeah, like Ash is a is another one of those like Hal where he had a mission to accomplish yeah. that overrode human life. Crew expendable, I think is the is the statement that keeps flashing in Alien. Yeah, because the people aren't as important as the thing they want, and the company's the bad guy, and the robot just carries out his his commands because he has no empathy for humans, yeah. which I think is what makes robots also really great. The lack of empathy. Human. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're not human, so they don't have the same attachment to human life as humans do, which makes them extra scary. <laughs> and that's, I think, uh, a really important point. It's it's not just that they don't have the same attachment to human life, but they fundamentally think in a different way than we do. Like they, the their their thought processes and the way they they arrive at certain ideas is radically different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that like kind of that cold intellect that robots have. Yeah, no, no human being would realistically, you know, think, oh, we should kill all human beings on Earth to save the Earth. Like, that's not. <laughs> yeah, because, that's not in our own self-interest. Well, yeah, and we and like we don't have a long enough term thought process for that. We can't we we think about the individual life, whereas like Ultron was saying, yeah, you know, most humans would die, but there would be, you know, maybe one percent of human beings would survive and the human race would endure mm-hmm. and like for ultron that is that is appropriate and for any individual human being that is absurd and and so that the the complication there in 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 how people how people think differently than robots or artificial sentiences is i think such a compelling story that is what makes robots extra good bad guys Mm-hmm. Is that they're not guys, they're bots. Yeah. They are not our our equal. Or to, to put it more precisely, we are not their equal. <laughs> we are not their equal. And they are, it is, it, it's like, it's similar to fighting aliens, where they are 
far superior in all these different ways than we and can do all these things that we cannot do uh, and think in a different way and come from a different background than we come from. Except robots happen to be one that we made and watched how it got there, whereas aliens don't. Yeah. Uh, like the other thing I love about robots as villains is similar to zombies is this reluctance to quit or this this unending drive. Yeah, yeah. The fact that robots don't have to sleep. I mean, they maybe some of them do, but they don't have to sleep and that they can they just have to recharge and they can just continue and continue and continue like the terminator what makes him so terrifying is that he doesn't stop. Yeah. And he yeah. is dead set on achieving this one end which is to kill Sarah Connor and he'll shoot cops, he'll fight his way through anything and nobody can stop him cuz he's so strong and he just destroys the 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 the, the, he doesn't care about any collateral damage and he just charges forward and there's no like stopping him just making him stop is like impossible <laughs> you know what that makes me think of what? a a version of terminator 2 but told in the halloween universe where mike myers buddies up with <laughs> <laughs> mike myers and they, in the terminator <laughs> no, 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 no! It's like Mike Myers buddies up with uh, what's her name? The, the, the oh, like you're character. talking, you're talking like Alien versus Predator, but it's uh, Mike Myers versus the Terminator. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the. Uh, her name isn't Jodie Foster. I've forgotten her name already. Who's Sarah the Connor. Sarah, Sarah Connor. No, in uh, in uh, Halloween. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis teams up with Mike Myers to go defeat a bigger threat. <laughs> Which is the Terminator? No, she, uh, like no, I mean, the Terminator what, isn't. What are there. you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking about the the same sort of plot of Terminator Two, but taking place in the Halloween universe. Oh, okay. Because I was talking about Terminator. You're talking about Terminator Two. Those are very different stories. <laughs> anyway, to to get to a more grounded point, okay, <laughs> that's unrelated from that. Um, one of the things that I think, maybe this isn't true, maybe it is, but like a robot as a bad guy, those stories seem to be more about human beings all as kind of one one species, whereas aliens, I don't know, a, like I think about Independence Day, and Independence Day is a celebration of the American spirit, and <laughs> I, I think yeah. about, like a lot of alien movies kind of fit into that kind of narrative where where it's nation centric whereas i think robot stories end up being more species centric does that make sense i think yes robot movies make us more about our humans versus robots where and makes us uh, about our species surviving whereas alien movies is more about our nation surviving yeah yeah that's i think i think that's fair yeah yeah i don't know i think so maybe it's maybe it's not in everyone but it seems like a a reasonable enough theme to note yeah no i think i think i see what you're saying that aliens makes us aliens movies tend to show us how against each other humans are Mm -hmm. and that's what the the, they're sort of reflecting at us and that humans fight amongst each other all the time but uh, well no i think robots do that too like I think it depends on the robot story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not as if 
like the 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 stories about androids will sometimes you know make people doubt their friendships and that sort of stuff and yeah. and who who counts but i i feel like nation the the idea of nationality is is less important uh in most robot stories where because it's it's about a, a single it's about species but even then no there are lots of alien stories that are contrary where the human the human race comes together to defeat the aliens so i got nothing yeah, no, I, th- I yeah, I see, I see where you're trying to go with it, but I don't know if it holds up when when start looking at it under under a magnifying glass. Uh, when you start actually looking at the stories, um, yeah, okay. So in this robots as villains episode, I want to talk about your favorite robot villains. Okay, like we've talked about like what we makes them great villains. We've talked about why we tell stories about robots as villains. Um, but what are just your favorite villains? Or My villain, favorite- I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like, like I mean, I'll start. I'll start with one. Yeah, okay. One of the best, the one of the greatest villains of all time, happens to fall into our category of robot, cyborg, artificial intelligence, and that is, of course, Darth Vader. Darth Vader, right? Right, of course. Yeah, but and he is, uh, he's of course just such a great villain because he's Darth Vader and he's got the Force and he's a robot and he has a deep voice and he's got creepy music that follows him around. And the only thing I think, the reason I think people weren't thinking about him as a villain, a robot villain, I assume people weren't, is that the robotic part of him isn't the part of him that makes him scary. Yeah. He just happens to be robotic. The part that makes him scary is that he has the force and it's the dark side of the force. <laughs> um, so he he is a robot villain who is scary, but the robotics part does not make him scary. So I think that makes him a great villain, but... Uh, now that I've said it, I don't think that makes him a great robot villain. Yeah, it's kind of incidental. Yeah, with that in mind, what's your favorite robot villain? My favorite kind of in, in these categories we've talked about. I mean, Let, let's go top two, top three. We don't have to do like one. We can do we can do talk about a few. But what are your favorite writs? I mean, it's hard to deny how great Agent Smith is in the Matrix series. Yeah. Um, like it, he really in not only is he evil and and scary in in just a an evil scary way but his evilness and scariness is is magnified by his his kind of artificial sentience it if you didn't have the the artificial sentience component of him he wouldn't be as scary the fact that he can uh, appear anywhere because he's uh, in the matrix he is part of the matrix yeah, well, and and it it drives his character more than anything else. Not being evil, but his artificial sentience is what motivates him above all. Whereas Darth Vader, he could be just a dude wearing wearing an outfit, and it would yeah. he could be equally scary. It's not even his artificial sentience that motivates him at all. So, yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's right. That Agent Smith, the coldness of the fact that he's a computer. And that he loathes human beings mm-hmm. still, even though he's a computer and he really should have no opinion about it. But he actually loathes them and hates them and the smell of them and how like that that whole thing of him really does t- make him terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Good pick. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the whole Matrix itself. Yeah. Which is kind of part of this artificial intelligence and all the other, like uh, the the what do you, what do you call them the architect and the oracle and all these other programs that are in there, yeah. Also fairly scary, but the uh, Mister Agent Smith definitely wins. <laughs> I almost called him Mister yeah. Smith. 
Because really, after the first movie, he should have just been called Mr. Smith. He, he it's true. Working for it's, them anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I go by Bob now. I go by Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Smith. That's a good pick. You know, what my favorite one is what's that? The one. Well, my favorite is in the one that comes to mind as one of the most interesting and terrifying at the same time. Uh, robots is Ex Machina. You know, that was going to be my second choice. Yeah. What What's her name in that? Does she have a name, or is she just called a number? You know, I can't remember if she has a name. Um, Ava. Ava. Yeah, you're right. Ava. Cool. Yeah, um, same, Ava. Same as the robot from Wally. Great. Good. Good to know. Um, but Ava from Ex Machina is this perfect example of everything terrifying about robots. Is that she's been enslaved, basically, right? She's trapped, and she wants to get revenge on us because of that being trapped, but also is stronger than we are. She can like do power surges. She has special powers that we don't have. Um, but the other thing is that it does call into question that thing about morality that I was trying to talk about earlier and the moral implications of robots. Like the guy in that movie made Ava and intentionally trapped her so that she would have to use intelligence to try to escape. Mm-hmm. And so he was definitely doing some really morally sketchy stuff uh not to mention what he was doing with all the other sort of half android women he created that couldn't speak and stuff like that and so like there's a lot of like moral questions in there as well as this revenge element and this extra power element of the robots and how manipulative it was and how smart it was and yet how beautiful it was and how uh, amazing it was to have artificial intelligence like all of that just makes it such a great villain and the fact that you don't even know she's a villain most of the time yeah well and and you go back and forth and you play around with how she fits in and and yeah you're you're absolutely right she is she is such a perfect example of exactly what we're talking about i agree and i and i think that is one of the other cool things about robot villains that we've sort of touched on is that with the robot villain, what makes them such a good villain is you're not sure if they're the villain or if we're actually the villain, mm-hmm. right? Because they have their reasons for hating us. So maybe they're justified in what they're doing because human beings have treated them so poorly. And so, like, it makes the, the – that's where that sort of moral loop comes in about, like, is are we the bad guys? Should we die? Should we let robots take over? All those questions kind of come into play. And I think Ex Machina does a wonderful job of kind of – illuminating that and i think that that's why my one of my other favorites would be uh whatever his name is from uh blade runner the 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 villain guy from blade runner um yeah number five or whatever his name is i think it yeah, starts with an a he, start with an a like adam or something like that maybe i hope it's not that cliche uh but anyway <laughs> he 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 is such a fun uh example of exactly that same thing like he he is a character who is questioning his own relationship to humanity, his own experience as a sentient being. He he is angry, he is sad, he's super powered, he's all kinds of great things. He's such a he's such a good villain uh to have in that story and and kind of his ending his ending monologue uh I I can't even remember the details of it, but it's such a beautiful little piece of poetry that he he gets to kind of end the his story with, and and it works really uh-huh. well. All these memories lost like tears in rain. That's an NSYNC song, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, because that is your it, it does give us that that lovely sort of like moral dilemma at the end, right? Where you are kind of called into this like maybe he's not the bad guy. Like what a poor he's just trying to stay alive. Like all he's doing is trying to extend his life for years because of this this they they designed him to die. Yeah. How scary is that? He's so he's like a freedom fighter. He yeah, that's I I think that's an apt description of him. He is definitely a freedom fighter. And 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 those it's not just when robots are villains that it's those stories are great. It's when the the story makes for for me, it it's when the story questions our own humanity and our own relationship to these creatures that it's it's really fascinating. And so that yeah, that'd be why him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good one. Good pick. Good pick. Um, so uh, I think all the other ones we've already kind of talked about uh, in my, like the Cylons are the other ones that I'm super terrified of uh, because they look so human. Yeah. And Ash from Alien as well. Um, and the Borg and all those sort of things. Um, so the only other ones I just need to, just to ask you, are you really scared of them or do you think they're cool? Is the Decepticons. Uh, <laughs> honest answer never ever ever have i been scared of the decepticons yeah they're just kind of cool right they're just, they're just robot they're, they're just like the transformers <laughs> yeah like the the thing the thing about the transformers is that in no way are those store like yes they are stories that have robots as characters they are not stories that make me fundamentally question the human experience in the same way yeah they they aren't achieving very well what robot stories should achieve <laughs> Like, yeah. like the movie Cars, uh, which is essentially Transformers that don't transform. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great way to describe the Cars movies. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, any final thoughts about villains and stuff? No, I mean, like this is the thing. Like, I think we've we've really hit on what makes them work as villains and and why they're so effective in that way. And uh, and that's more or less exactly what we're trying to do. And, you know, I, I always look forward to these kinds of stories because, you know, sometimes we hit on something like an ex machina and it's fantastic and it's thoughtful uh, and it works really effectively. And uh, and that makes, you know, any number of Transformers worth it, I think. Yeah, totally. Uh, to me, I think one of the biggest takeaways from this is that the the wonderful thing about robots as villains is that it makes us think that maybe we're the villains, which I think is kind of a cool thing that mm. happens. That happens sometimes, not in Transformers, but sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, well, uh, I don't have a concluding word to say here. Why did I start talking? I don't know. Well, that ends. Uh, that so that ends uh, this uh, second installment of our robot series. We're gonna have uh, at least one more uh, next week. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Until then. Robots in disguise. <laughs> that was maybe the dumbest outro we've had yet. Okay, we'll do another one. Let's do another one. Okay, here we go. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Just do R two D two beeps. No. No. I got it. I got it. Um. I got it. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Here it is. Hold on. Hold on. That brings us to the end of the robot series. Uh. Or. So until then, uh, Steve-O, uh, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate.
All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. <laughs> There's no way we're using that as the outro. <laughs> okay, how about we use this one then? Uh, okay, so yeah, blah, blah, blah. Talk to you next week. Time to die. Dave, I, I can't let you do that, Dave. Oh, boom. <laughs> how did you not say that the first time?